Hey there, it's Ozzy here. A bit of a different episode here for you. In fact, um, several different episodes coming up because if you've already heard it, you'll know that episode number 100, which I recorded about a week ago, I think it was today, it's been hugely popular. It's um, around about an hour and 20 minutes long, though. And some of the feedback that I've got is, could it be chopped up into smaller pieces? Because you listen to it on your ride to work or whatever, while you're having breakfast, whatever, you tend to listen to these podcasts then. And an hour and 20 minutes is a little bit long. So what I've done is I've chopped that episode up into four episodes each of around about 20 minutes. So I hope that's good for you. This is going to be part one. Um, So uh, obviously we'll follow that up with parts two three and and four so i hope you enjoy it and i hope this more digestible format suits you well and you'll hear me again along with my fantastic guest tony rush just the other side of this music Hey there, and welcome to the When's My Time podcast. I'm Ozzy Eyre, founder of whensmytime.com, and I am to be your boss's worst nightmare. Well, it's Tuesday evening, Tuesday the 1st of November 2016, and you heard that right, it is the evening, and you know that I, if you're a regular listener, I normally record these on a morning before or just after walking my little dog Jack. It's been a pretty cold day here. Yesterday was a beautiful warm day and uh, autumn hit with a bit of a bang today. It's been cold, it's been overcast, it's been dull. But as I say every time, you don't listen to this for a weather report. But sometimes when I do give these weather reports, are you like me? Do you ever wonder? It's all very well hearing what it's like in your part of the UK. But what's it like in Dothan, Alabama? That's what I really want to know. And, well, wouldn't you know it? I've got just the person to tell us. Here with us tonight is Tony Rush. So, Tony, what's it like in Dothan, Alabama? Oh, it's a beautiful, sunny, 30 degrees Celsius. I had to look that up, actually, because it's 87 to me, (laughs) but it's 30 to you. It's absolutely gorgeous. Well, in that case, that's the end of this conversation. Good night, Tony, because you've made me very jealous indeed. No, thank you so much indeed for joining me. It's it's great to have you here. Now, I I have to tell you, Tony, you are the first ever guest I've had on here. Uh, The other 99 episodes so far, and this is the 100th episode, so it's a double celebration. I've got a guest, and um, it's our 100th episode. On all other occasions, it's just been me been me rabbiting on about a a thought and um, well it's kind of taken off because we're now in I think the last time I checked we're now in 33 countries we've been downloaded which is humbling and um, greatly satisfying but let me tell you and Tony might get a little bit embarrassed about this but I'm going to tell you a little bit about Tony if that's okay mate Um, maybe you want to (laughs) turn your your headphones off while I I say this (laughs) a little bit Tony but I I met Tony first uh, and he's Beautiful, charming, and very smart wife, Jessica, back in 2012 at an event in Atlanta. Now, I already had identified Tony as a leader because I'd followed him online. But I also identified him as one who thought differently from so many others out there. So, a bit like a stalker, I hunted him down when I was in Atlanta and made sure I got to know him. 
And in the subsequent years, our paths have followed different routes, but crossed occasionally. And I have never, I can hand on heart say this, I've never had an encounter with Tony without gaining enormous value from it and coming away feeling all the richer. And so when I sat down to make a list of who I might invite to be my first ever guest on this show, uh, this 100th episode, Tony's was the first name I wrote down on it. Um, So, Tony, I can't tell you what a pleasure and privilege it is to have you join me uh, on the When's My Time podcast. So, Tony, perhaps you'd just like to fill in a little bit of an introduction of yourself on there and tell people a little bit about what it is you do, and we'll, we'll come back to that in more detail in a moment, but uh, I feel I, I've undersold you on, in that introduction. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I'm actually blushing a little bit. I, I appreciate the kind words, and I, I have to say I feel a little bit of, um, oh, I feel, I really hope this goes well. You've got 99 amazing episodes <laughs> in the can, <laughs> and so it's, it's a bit of a high-wire act for me. So you're, you're looking at this as... This is going to be, you know, a, a great way to celebrate the 100th episode. And I'm sitting here thinking, boy, I sure hope there's a 101st episode. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this may be so good we don't need to do any more after this. Come oh, on, my. let's look at it that way. Let's not set the bar that high. But it, truly, it is a it is a pleasure to be here. And uh, Jessica and I both think the world of you. I think, yeah, I remember we, you and I sat in uh, there was like a little corner of the lobby in the downstairs lobby of um uh, that's exactly it. the omni hotel maybe yep. atlanta yep. georgia it was yeah and we did an interview and it was yep. the first time i met you and of course now i've seen you and 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 carol we let's say i guess the last time we uh where were we we were in um well, we were in London, but I'm trying to think. It was like a restaurant there somewhere there near was Simpsons Dark- on the Strand. We was it Simpsons on the Strand? Well, we did, and then there was the, there was that, and then there was later in the week, wasn't there? The, later in the, the week, we went was to a, a was it a bistro or something? Quite it was late something, at night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very late, and it was maybe in Covent Garden, I think. And, yes, and, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. Always enjoy spending time with you. So I was very very happy that uh, to to get the invitation to come and hang out with you. Well, that's great. Now, I'm going to be a Tony. I hope you forgive me. I'm going to be a little rude here and keep hmm. you waiting and the guests who are listening in uh, a little bit longer uh, because I'm guessing once word gets out uh, that Tony's my guest this evening uh, this will be the most listened to episode so far and I'm not just saying that to blow smoke I, I genuinely think that and what that means is we'll attract a whole bunch of new listeners who don't know that what the whole when's my time thing is about so if it's okay with you tony i'd just like to do a, a very quick introduction as to sure what, let me just do one about. thing first hmm. if i could sure. hang on one second please for do me. Hey, jessica uh ha- email carol and tell her my fee just went up <laughs> okay i'm 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 back Ozzy. I fair, just, uh, fair enough fair enough <laughs> so, just, so. Un- unrelated that was not I was something else Carry on. okay <laughs> that's fair enough now this this whole project started back Ooh, I can tell you the exact date, Tony, when this started. It was Thursday the 12th of August 2010, and although I didn't know it at the time. You see, Carol and I had driven down to, to Italy. Uh, we, I think I mentioned we've got a little Jack Russell Terrier, and we, didn't, we wanted to take him with us, and we didn't want him cratered up in the plane, so we drove down. Three days drive versus two hours flight, it was uh, no contest. But we'd rented out this beautiful cottage high in the hills of Umbria, which is in, in more or less in the middle of the country. 
and it was our first trip away in three years. And we both really needed it because a few weeks before that trip, my mother had died. And in the space of a few short months, four of Carol's closest friends, all around our age or or younger, were diagnosed with cancer. And when that kind of stuff happens around you, I don't know about you, but you begin to have uh, thoughts about your own mortality. And that, while we were away, was exactly what happened to me, but not in a morbid way. It was it was in a very positive way indeed. So that night, that Thursday evening on the 12th of August, back in 2010, as Carol and I sat together on the, the terrace of this little cottage, I mean, it's the most divine little place. Uh, it was the end of a perfect day. And we sat on this terrace, and the only illumination was from the stars above, and if you can imagine it, way down the valley, on a far distant hillside, were the lights of Assisi twinkling off down there. And I was thinking back about the 12 years that I'd spent in a job I hated, and the 20 years I'd been in a job that I merely tolerated, 32 years in total. And that job that I'd been in for 22, uh, 20 years, I'd be returning to that job in a few days. And in all that time, what I was thinking, these were all the thoughts that were going around my head at that time. In all that time, I'd missed out on so much, not least of which was our two boys growing up. And I remember turning to Carol and I said, next week, when I'm back at work, I go to the back of the queue, the end of the line for my own time. Everybody else has a prior call on what I do with my day. I'm just not prepared to do that anymore. When's my time to do the things we want to do? When's my time to live the life we want to live? And when's my time to become the person I'm meant to be? And without missing a beat, Carol looked back at me and and she said, you're right, you need to make changes. And although I didn't know it at the time, at that moment, the, the seed that was eventually to become the When's My Time project Uh, which is all about helping people in in similar situations who are facing similar decisions that uh, feel trapped by fear, if you like, in a job that they hate or just merely tolerate, that they're not doing what they feel they're supposed to be doing. In that moment, that's when When's My Time was born. As I say, I didn't know it at the time, and I'd be lying if I said things went swimmingly thereafter. They didn't. There have been ups and downs. But I can promise you, every day since I decided back on that hillside to leave corporate life, every day since then has been more fulfilling since any day than the 32 years that I was in corporate life. Thank you, Tony, for indulging me there and allowing me to explain what the When's My Time project is about. Uh, What I'd like to do now, though, is is talk to you. In fact, Tony, can I ask, was there a moment in your life that you decided enough's enough? Yeah. Yeah. And I was sitting, I was well listening to you tell this and I had, I had heard, I had heard this story before. Um, Sorry, I tell it an awful lot. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's I was actually just reviewing, you know, one of your previous episodes this morning. Thank you. Um, and uh, hearing you tell that story made me think of, um, yeah, I can tell you exactly where it happened. I was driving back. Um, I was, I was living in a, I was living in a small town in um, North Carolina, which is on the eastern coast of the United States, and 
um, not too far from where I grew up. I grew up in a, a small farming village, um, almost exactly in the in the center of the state. And my dad was uh, uh, actually when I was born, my dad was uh, in livestock. He was mm-hmm. a hog farmer. And my mom worked for the uh, Everetti Battery Company. At, at the time, it was actually called Union Carbide. And um, anyway, so I, I grew up, you know, uh, in a, we weren't poor, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, meaning uh, we always, I never went to bed hungry, you know, but I got laughed at for, you know, being at school and, you know, my jeans were too short because, I don't know, maybe I'd grown real fast over the summer or the, my clothes had, you know, shrunk in the wash, but mm-hmm. mom couldn't afford to buy me jeans that fit. And so I remember, you know, when I was a kid, you know, getting laughed at and it was related to, po- you know, uh, not poverty uh, in the sense that the world talks about poverty, but, you know, just the realizing that there's the haves and the have nots. Yeah. And kids and so can be, be cruel, can't they? Kids can be cruel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It really, really had an impact yeah. on me. But overall, a very happy childhood. Mm. Wonderful parents, lots of love, great sister. Um, and so, but that was sort of the soup that I swam in every day was, um, you know, there's not enough to go around. And you got to work hard. And you usually have to do the work for somebody else. And, you know, so just by virtue of just kind of knee jerking my way through my environment, I wound up in a similar situation like you're describing where Mm -hmm. suddenly, um, in my early thirties, uh, realizing that I had no control over my life. You know, I was living on minimums. Um, yeah. And I love how you put that, um, you know, always at the back of the queue, always at the back of the line for, Whatever's left over is yeah. what you get. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I do remember the day it changed. I was driving home. Um, like I said, I was probably in my early 30s, maybe 31 or 32. And at the time, we lived in a a, um, a really tiny little old house way out in the country. Um, it took me, you know, 20, 30 minutes outside of like, – like the town that I'm talking about was already small. I live 20 miles outside of the little town (laughs) and, you know, just, there's not even a, it's not on the map. Not at the end of the world, but you got a good view of it. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But I was driving, I was driving home and, um, they had, there was a new neighborhood that they had built on highway 42 on my way home. And it was, it, I had watched them, you know, build this neighborhood, but this particular time of day, I don't know what was different. I don't know what had changed. I don't know why I had the thought that I had this day instead of any other day. But all I know is that that day I went by this neighborhood and it was that time of day where all the, all the people are coming home from work and here's all these beautiful little houses. They weren't mansions, Uh just normal, new, comfortable middle-class homes and, you know, nice manicured lawns and, uh, kids playing in the front yard with toys and here comes mom and dad are coming, getting out of the car and Ozzy, I just got mad. Mm. It just, I was so tired because I knew that I was going to be at home in about 15 minutes, except I didn't have a nice house. My, my wife and kids were at home with no vehicle because I was driving the only vehicle we had and fortunate that it was running. Um, 
And I knew that there was no food in the refrigerator and that we were probably going to have to, you know, go to the grocery store a little bit later to pick up, you know, some bologna or something, you know, just a small meal. And uh, anyway, driving by this neighborhood, I, I got angry, but not angry at the economy, not angry at a political party. I wasn't angry at the people in those houses. I wasn't angry about gas prices. I wasn't mad about my job or my salary. I was mad that at 31 years of age, I had not made the priority and the livelihood of my family the priority. Uh I had not given it its proper place. I, I was playing small. I knew I was playing small. I was playing it safe. Um, not living on purpose, but instead just kind of always feeling like I was backed into a, a corner. Uh, you know, I wasn't working at the job that I chose. I was working at the job that was available and who would hire me, you know, that's, I didn't want to work there, but that's, they had an opening and they said, okay, come to work. And suddenly I find myself, you know, living where I don't want to live, doing what I don't want to do. And so, yeah, that was the day. And, um, yeah. You, do, you, do you want the punchline? Go on, go for it. Okay, so the punchline was I, um, I got home and I walked in and I said, I told my wife, my wife's name's Jessica, and I said, um, oh, Ozzy knows that, but you guys might not. <laughs> um, but I told Jessica, I said, we're, we're packing, we're moving. And as all great wives can do, she looked at me like I was insane. <laughs> <laughs> What, what do you, what do you mean we're moving? We don't, we barely have money to get the bologna you're talking about. What are you talking about moving? You know? <clears throat> and I said, well, here's, here's what I know. I know that we're not going to die living in this house. That's about all I know. I know yeah. you love, me. I know the kids love me. I know I love you guys. I know that we we're healthy and we've got a good family, but that's about all I know. But I also know we're not going to die living in this house. So if I can't do anything else, I'm going to go ahead and pack for the move whenever it happens, whenever we're going to do it. But I've got to, I've got to do something today for our future. And I don't know what's, what that's going to look like. But when we went out to buy our little packet of bologna, I asked the grocery store manager, do you have some empty boxes? And he gave us a bunch of empty boxes and Jessica and I came home and we ate. And then while the kids were playing, we sat in the living room and started boxing up, you know, the, the dishes that, you know, Jessica got from her grandmother and boxing up, you know, stuff we didn't use on anything we didn't use on a day to day basis. We started boxing up and, um, I wish I could say that something magical happened in response to that. And I don't, there, there was a lot of changes, um, but it wasn't just something magical, but because of that resolve and because of starting to step into like getting into the driver's seat of my car and putting my hands on the steering wheel instead of just riding along, um, the decision to get in the driver's seat changed everything. Yeah. Um, well, you were Within, taking a practical step, weren't you? You were, you were doing something physical, tangible towards that future that you wanted. Yes. And, and what's interesting is I didn't realize that. Okay, so that concludes part one. Uh, be sure to join us again in part two. 
Now, the easiest way to do that is to subscribe to the podcast over at iTunes. That way, you're never going to miss another episode. But be sure to check out part two of my interview with Tony Rush, which will be available shortly. 